Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. From Barangaroo Studios, the AusBiz COV is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. Welcome to the COB. You are watching us, of course, and uh, we are looking at a pretty flat session coming through in terms of the overall local market. Uh, let's have a look at where we are tracking uh, with no minutes left to go. We've got about 10 minutes on uh, until the close. Uh, the SIBO there is pretty flat. 1464 is where we sit. The ASX 200 only up 3.7,642 points. Uh, so it has been, you know, in terms of a session, pretty flat. That's after we saw the S&P 500 flirt with that 5,000 point level. But in terms of the overall sectoral moves, I'll just get those for you checking the ASX website. All fun and games here. I got a new laptop, which is very exciting. And I would like to thank our uh, technical director, Hien, for that. But you know, when you get a new laptop and you don't know where everything is, I'm having a little bit of difficulty today. It's also Friday, bear with me. IT up 1%, telcos up by 1%, healthcare up almost uh, 1%, energy is down by 1.2%. All right, getting to the three themes of the day. Well, what target? Because I thought this was really interesting. Michelle Bullock speaking in Canberra today after they left rates on hold this week at 4.35%. And remember, she indicated, look, they may not be done with hikes if they think that another one is warranted, even though the market thinks the RBA is done. But then she said today to the parliamentary committee, look, they don't necessarily need inflation to get to that midpoint between two to three percent, so two and a half percent before they cut rates. Of course, just really reiterating that data dependency. Remember, though, inflation 4.1 percent, not anywhere near two to three or two and a half percent at the moment. But there's also some interesting comments. And of course, you can find all that uh, online. I had a great chat about it with uh, the Davids to David Sikorsky and David Scott. Uh, speaking of that, the Bulls versus Bears, really interesting chat with them both on set today about their outlook for investing in China. Uh, I think that uh, David Sokolsky is the, the more bullish. Scuddy wasn't as bearish as I've heard him in the past. I think his point was it's just too many known knowns and unknown knowns for him to think that investing in China at the moment is uh, wise. But of course, you can catch up with that on our website as well. And then Ho-Hum Friday, as we've mentioned, you know, just a, a pretty flat session when it comes to the overall movement in the last five days, though, we're up by an impressive 0.74%. And don't forget, we're still trading near these records. Of course, the S&P 500 has been hitting records as well uh, a few times in a row, but just unable to get through that 5,000 point level overnight. Uh, having a look at some of the sectors, I mentioned telcos looking really good. Let's have a look at that. Telstra though is a little weaker. REA Group though, uh, climbing. Car Group also looking quite good. Um, 
I don't know if Car Group would belong in the telcos, but anyway, it's there. Uh, TPG Telecom is a little weaker and Seek is up 1.7%. Healthcare stocks, uh, let's have a look at those. CSL is up by about half of 1%. Of course, coming through with earnings, uh, Cochlear this week as well. Cochlear actually hitting a record. Look at that, $320.57. ResMed, it paid out its dividend earlier in the week. It's a little weaker. Sonic Healthcare, Fisher and Paykel are a little mixed. And uh, having a look at the energy space as well, Woodside, Santos, Lower, Ampol is a winner there. And uh, some of the coal players have somehow ended up in the energy sector too. We might be having a few glitches in the overall system today. All right, Cochlear extending gains to hit record highs, as we mentioned. Uh, let's have a look at where it is. Up 5%, $320.57. Uh, also having a look at uh, Borrell there, it's up by 8%, upgrading its earnings guidance. Uh, Boss Energy, that was really due to the fact that you're starting to see quite a bit of weakness amid this sell-off in uranium stocks after the extended 12-month bull run. Liontown Resources gaining though, that says Lithium Explorers rebounded and Woodside Energy Week. I remember walking away from that mega merger with Santos and uh, we're hearing it's in talks to buy liquefied natural gas from several US export terminals, including energy transfers. Let's get to our Friday guest, uh, Shane Oliver from AMP joins us now. Shane, you just hit 40 years at AMP I saw on LinkedIn. You must have started when I you did, were four. Yeah. Well, well done. Congratulations. Well, <laughs> um, and just, I guess, your overall take on what we've seen so far from uh, reporting season. Well, so far, it's early days, uh, but it's yeah, so far so good. Uh, and that's obviously provided some support to the market. Um, good results, as we've seen from AGL and Transurban and Cochlear and so on. But uh, on my count, I think we're only about 12 stops into it so far. Um, and there has been a pretty balanced mix of companies surprising on the upside, on the downside. And likewise, when I look at uh, dividends, there's I think there's been slightly less raising their dividend than, uh, than cutting them. But it is early days. Obviously, next week steps up significantly with CBA and others reporting. I think there's 50 major stocks next week. So next week going to be a big one. Obviously, the focus, um, a lot of it will be on uh, how the consumer is doing given uh, given the rise in interest rates and cost of living pressures. A lot of the consensus uh, weakness, which I think is for a fall of about 5% this financial year, should just bear in mind, is mainly energy. And that's on the off the back of the higher prices last year. Uh, and I think materials or resources are overall, mining companies are fairly flat. Um, but I, I think the focus should really be on how domestic uh, companies are handling the uh, the slowdown in the economy and uh, the, the pressure on consumers. Indeed, uh, we saw AGL's profit out of the shooting the lights out, as we were saying, and then we're still facing very high energy bills. Uh, let's get to the RBA. I mean, leaving rates on hold this week. Michelle Bullock again uh, speaking today in Canberra. I thought it was really interesting how she kind of indicated, you know, they don't necessarily have to get to two and a half before they look at cutting rates. But she had earlier said, of course, you know, we may not be done in terms of hikes. Your thoughts yeah. uh, on Michelle? Bullock and and, I, and how do you think she did at that press conference? I, I thought she was very impressive. Look, look so I, I agree. I think she did very well. Uh, overall, I think uh, the changes get a tick. Um, uh, I, I think we probably had one communication exercise too many this week. We could have done without the 
parliamentary um, um, inquiry um, because, you know, there was a, a reasonably clear message coming out of the Tuesday events and then you've got another one on the Friday which some might say might have muddied it a little bit because she seemed a little bit more hawkish today than she did on Tuesday, which, of course, may reflect a desire to correct a, um, a perceived um, too easy starts on Tuesday and then come back a bit tougher. But overall, I think the message is quite clear. The Reserve Bank is seeing progress on inflation, but inflation is still too high, so it's it's too early to call the all clear, so to speak. Um, and they still have an inclination to raise interest rates. I mean, she said quite clearly today, we haven't ruled price uh, interest rate hikes in, but we haven't ruled them out either. So um, in, that, in that sense, it could be this or it could be that, but um, they're not yet talking about cutting rates, which I think is quite significant. So they have eased their tightening bias, you can put it that way, um, but they still retain a bit of a tightening bias. Um, but our feeling is that uh, consistent with those comments she made about when they will be able to start cutting and what they want to see, you, you don't have to wait all the way out there for the annual rate of inflation to be within the target or at the midpoint of the target. Um, all you really want to see is, as she puts it, you know, a lot more confidence mm. uh, that will work at the midpoint. And they could decide just to look at uh, the last six months average or something like that and annualise that. And, of course, we did see that 0.6 number in December quarter. If you annualise that, you get 2.4%. Maybe I'm being too optimistic on that one. Um, but if you get a few more like that, then that might set the scene uh, for the RBA to start cutting, which is our view, around the, around the middle of the year, even though the annual number, you could argue, might still be above the uh, the target. Yeah, sticking with that June call, I spoke to Diana earlier in the week as well. Um, let's talk about China. I mean, going into Lunar New Year, so it's always an interesting period because we don't see any trade for, for over a week. A bear market, though, and you're saying that that could be nearing an end at the same time we're seeing these deflationary pressures persist in China. That's right. Um, look, often the share market leads uh, the real economy. We have seen um, almost a 50% decline in the, the Shanghai Shenzhen Composites uh, Top 300 Index. Uh, the PE on that uh, index is less than 10 times uh, 12-month ahead earnings, which I think is one of the lowest PEs across Asia. Uh, sentiment towards China is, is shocked and the market is oversold, or it was a few days ago. So if you put all that together, you've got a classic situation there over a two-and-a-half-year period, just about, you, you've got a market which is undervalued, underloved and oversold. So you, you, you could have a bit of a setup there which could give us a decent rally if there's more good news in terms of support for the Chinese share market. Um, so the question is whether we get that good news or not. Um, I don't think it's necessarily a problem that the, uh, the Chinese economy remains in deflation. In, in fact, you could argue that's probably a good thing because it means there's plenty of scope to apply further stimulus to that economy by the, uh, the central bank in China and by the, the broader government. So overall, I, I think if you're a trader and you're looking at China, um, or alternatively, if you're looking at the US share market, it's had you know, very strong gains on some measures, it's overvalued. It's certainly overbought. Um, sentiment is positive. It's not extreme, though. Um, you could argue in a relative sense, maybe there's, there's, a, there's a case to consider China or the emerging world that might benefit from a rebound of the Chinese share market. Um, but in a fundamental sense, you still have those longer-term worries about the Chinese economy. 
Um, and unless you see more stimulus coming through to help the Chinese consumer, uh, then it might just turn out to be a, a bit of a bounce rather than a sustained rally from here. Mm. All right, let's get to the big one then, the US, because uh, we are going to see the CPI print next week as we look to when we could see moves from the Fed as well. We certainly will, and I think those CPI numbers will go in the right direction. Uh, the latest number for December was 3.4%. Uh, that will probably fall down to about 2.9%. There's a bit of uncertainty around that uh, because every year they revise their uh, CPIs and uh, it gets revised tonight. Um, but I, I think if it's going to move, it, it'll only move 0.1% or here or there. Um, but what it did show a year ago when they last did that, that revision was that the rate of decline in inflation wasn't as rapid as previously reported. So that's why maybe there's a little bit of nervousness going into that CPI revision that comes out tonight. And then, of course, we get the CPI on Tuesday. But I think the broader picture will be one of continued disinflation in China. Of course, the uh, the Fed focuses on the core PCE, the final consumption deflator, which um, has constantly revised weight. So it's a bit different to the CPI, and it's running at a somewhat lower level. Than, uh, than the CPI. But nevertheless, what goes on in the CPI is a good guide to how the PCE will unfold, and I think the direction there will remain down. All right, Shane. Well, congratulations again on 40 years. You. you are a delight to speak to, and, and probably because you read positive thoughts that I can see behind you on your shoulder <laughs> as right. well. Thanks. Uh, a bit of that. Exactly. We'll Thanks see you again next week. Shane Oliver okay. from AMP. 40 years. Wow. Well, the stock of the day was Borrell. On the call, Andrew Wallant from DP Wealth Advisor and Henry Jennings shared their buy, hold or sell verdicts. Certainly we don't mind it. Probably the only thing we need to be mindful of is simply things around supply chains and uh, availability of traders. We'll talk a little bit later about Mervac and sort of that sort of build to rent model. And again, at this conference that I was just at, there was a lot of commentary around that. I won't spoil that, but certainly high level. Uh, Borrell is certainly a beneficiary of all that activity out there. And I'm still pretty comfortable with it. I'd still say it's a buy. It's definitely a hold if you're a Borrell shareholder, uh, hats off Kerry, uh, then uh, you've done very well today. Business is good. And uh, the same probably applies for CSR and uh, James Hardy as well. Yeah. All right, let's have a look at the market leaders. The final trading day of the week, Liontown Resources. A lot more love coming back to some of those unloved lithium players. Borrell, we touched on with its earnings. REA coming back after a sell-off on its earnings yesterday. Cochlear hitting a record on the back of its numbers, 320.57. Good for those that have been long-term cochlear bulls. Arcadium Lithium taking that pickup in the lithium players. All right, to the downside today, Boss Energy and Paladin Energy just really emits this switch, I guess, that a lot of these uranium players that have been getting a lot of love didn't get so much love today. Silver Lake Resources, Nickel Industries and Blue Scope. So the big losers all coming through in the materials space today. Let's have a look at uh, what we are seeing with uh, some of the small cap winners and losers. Highfield Resources up almost 21%. Drone Shield, we've spoken to the CEO a couple of times there, up 18% today. To the downside in the small end of town, Alligator Energy 
energy off almost 13%. Elevate Uranium emits that sell-off in uranium stocks and Clearview Technology down 7.3%. Well, Shane and I were talking, of course, about the key CPI number that's coming through next week in the US, but the annual CPI revisions for 2023 coming through as well tonight. Catalan earnings and PepsiCo earnings as well. And that's an interesting one because... You know, remember when uh, analysts were saying that these weight loss drugs could start to weigh on the likes of PepsiCo and Coke as well. So it'll be interesting to see whether or not they talk about the so-called azempic effect in their earnings call. Let's have a look at uh, what we can expect next week. We've got the NAB business survey here on Tuesday, the uh, jobs data, which is always a key one, coming through on Thursday. In the US, we have CPI, of course, that key uh, print coming through on Tuesday, retail sales on Thursday. And then it will be interesting for the region because in terms of volatility, volumes, uh, you've got China closed for the entire week and Hong Kong will be out of action along with some of the smaller markets, uh, Singapore, uh, or so many that celebrate Lunar New Year. They'll have at least a one or two day holiday for that as well. Am I missing not being in Asia during Lunar New Year? Yes, I am. It is a very, very fun time. And Gong Si Fat Chai and Kong Hai Fat Joy to all of our uh, listeners and viewers that, of course, are going to be celebrating uh, for Lunar New Year. Let's have a quick final check on the boards as we round out the training week. It has been flat. Uh, the ASX 200 is at uh, 7,642, so up just 3.6 points. We touched on the fact that IT was the winner, energy was the lagger, but really a ho-hum Friday. Nevertheless, we have seen the index actually lose 0.74% over the last five days. I think I said gain earlier. Excuse me, I misread that, but down. Uh, virtually unchanged, though, over the last year to date. So remember, we saw quite a bit of selling coming through uh, when you look at the overall mood of the week on what day was that? That Tuesday, I think we had quite a bit of selling. So that selling means that we have lost over the course of the week. But you know what? Next week is a new week and we'll have plenty more investor earnings coming through, some of the big ones next week as well. Keep it tuned to Ausbiz and of course you can catch up online as well, ausbiz.com.au. Have a great weekend. We'll see you next week. Mm-hmm.